The desert and the dry land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom like the crocus. They will burst into bloom and rejoice with joy and singing. They will receive the glory of Lebanon, the splendor of Carmel and Sharon. They will see the Lord's glory and splendor of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and support the unsteady knees. Say to those who are panicking, be strong, don't fear. Here's your God coming with vengeance, with divine retribution. God will come to save you. Then the eyes of the blind will be opened, the ears of the deaf will, be, deaf will be cleared. Then the lame will leap like the deer, and the tongue of the speechless will sing. Waters will spring in the desert and streams in the wilderness. The burning sand will become a pool and thirsty ground, fountains of water. The jackal's habitat, a pasture. Grass will become reeds and rushes. A highway will be there. It will be called the Holy Way. The unclean won't travel on it, but it will be for those walking on that way. Even fools won't get lost on it. No lion will be there. No predator will go up on it. None of these will be there. Only the redeemed will walk on it. The Lord's ransom ones will return and enter Zion with singing, with everlasting joy upon their heads. Happiness and joy will overwhelm them. Grief and groaning will flee away. Will you all pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So this pink, joyful Sunday comes to us, worn down to a nub, chopped down to a stump like our reading last week, and joy springs up. That may resonate with some of us right now. Joy comes to us. Joy springs up. Joy in this way is mysterious, but I don't think it's magic. The conditions for joy are mostly just being there to be found by it. To paraphrase, 90% of joy is just showing up. So joy comes to us. We don't make it. It arrives right in the middle. Right in the middle of darkness, joy comes to us. Right in the middle of despair, not always, but joy can come to us. Right in the middle of fatigue, can I get an amen? Of waiting, I love that that pink candle comes in the third week, right when it's all getting a little old. Right when you're about to give up, joy springs up. And joy is more than happiness. It's, it's surprising. It's eruptive. It interrupts. And I don't think joy has to be pure, quote-unquote pure. We don't need to wait for the best time. We don't need to have all the right ingredients. We don't need to be in the right place. Because joy comes to us here. Now, why not? Often when we least expect it. Often when it feels inappropriate or impossible. In this in-between time, this 
already joyful but not yet full of joy, joy comes. It doesn't mean when it comes that sorrow doesn't also exist. There's space for these things to exist together. But joy exists even when suffering might not stop. In this way, this is so complex to talk about. These things existing in the same places. We don't, we don't have words often or senses for it. We, we need to become more attentive and, and descriptive and um, perceptive uh, we almost need to be like joy sommeliers, right? It's really fancy. Because joy is complex. It's, it's bittersweet. So joy doesn't taste like sugar. <laughs> joy is often tinged with some kind of regret or fatigue or hope. It, it might taste more like wine or like honey. Joy is inherently local. It's right here. Nowhere else. It, it witnesses to this fancy word again, terroir, like what has been here, what the season has been like. It contains all of the weather. It also is the harvest and the long labor and the excruciatingly slow growth. Joy springs up. As I, as I read the Isaiah passage, Isaiah 35, it is this prophecy about a flowering wilderness. And I'll admit, I'm, I'm not really from a place with seasons. I'm from Florida. And so there, it, it, is a, it is dangerous like wilderness. One time in Florida, I was with an Australian, and they said, oh, this is just like the outback. Anything that can kill you probably will try to kill you, right? But when I think about a flowering wilderness, I, the, the main category I have uh, in my brain is when I visited my brother's family, he's in the military a few years back, and he was at Edwards Air Force Base out in the California desert. And I, I know the, the Knipes are here. They are very familiar with that Antelope Valley. Um, this, this particular um, station, you got past the front gate, and then you just drove another 25 minutes to get on. You were on base, but you were not yet on base. That's how much space um, and that desert is so clear, they would store old planes wing to wing because nothing rusts out there. It just is in the desert, right? You fly into LAX and then you just head east for a whole lot of nothing. Um, it's not a very hospitable environment, uh, except for like these giant bugs, scorpions, snakes, bobcats, things like that, right? So we drove through this valley, and I, th there's a picture. We drove through this valley, and it's, it's also very beautiful. And, and this, this valley has, you know, just this whir of windmills happening out there. Um, and then all of a sudden, we're driving through this wilderness and this desert. All of a sudden, we just happen upon this bursting orange hillside full of these poppy seeds. Um, Titus isn't here, so I can embarrass him. That's him in this picture. He looked something like that at the time with his Dodgers hat on. Yeah. Um, and when when we were there, we actually happened accidentally and unbeknownst on this, they called a super bloom of these wildflowers in this hillside. It's so, so um, prolific. You can see it from space. There are these aerial pictures, this gilded hillside. It, no one, I, I never would have thought that this desert could be a place of this like Van Gogh style uh, color that you could see from space. 
The prophet Isaiah cast a similar vision for joy and for singing. It is a wilderness bursting into fully bloomed crocus. Crocus is cro croci or something like that. A crocus looks like that. Uh, also very advent colored, right? And plenty of people are there to see it. The place that was once on the edge of the map has now become the center. It used to be the bad part of town. Maybe it was the season of our discontent. Now it is an attraction. It is a destination. In short, it is home. It is where joy happens. The prophet tells of weak hands and unstable knees from journeying and parenting and paper writing and struggling to pay bills and all these things find rest, find home, find joy. Blind eyes, deaf ears, lame legs are all renewed. Hope, healing, hospitality, and of course, home. In Hebrew, this word for joy is simsha. One may assume that you can only have joy, you can only have simsha when you have peace, when you have shalom. We might assume the math in our head always says that shalom comes before simsha, but strangely, simsha joy continues to pop up. It, it, it arrives for the psalmists and the prophets in the middle of exile before peace happens, before home is found. Joy comes in the morning, but it also arrives in the middle of the night. Joy comes with security and abundance, but it also comes with uncertainty and unsafety and exile. So joy, like grace, it doesn't come from what we've done doesn't come from what we've left undone. It's a gift to us, joy is. This means that joy also just doesn't come to the rich or the good. Sometimes joy comes to the exact opposite. And when Christ comes to us as a gift, like a surprise, we can receive joy becomes flesh and makes his home among us, joy is personified. Joy comes to us. That's the gospel story. God has come to be with us, and joy springs up. The end of Isaiah 35 says, the Lord's ransom ones will return and enter Zion with singing with everlasting joy upon their heads. Happiness and joy will overwhelm them. Grief and groaning will flee away. This kind of joy, it's a witness. It's a witness to what God is doing and has done and will do. That God will come to be with us, make his home with us. It is a witness that the entire world and every person is the home of God. The entire world and every person is the home of God. Every place and every person can be with God and can find home in God and actually can be a home for God's spirit. Do we believe that? That's good news. So let's go out of here today 
maybe we need to like bank up our joy that we experience from all the cuteness of these little ones, but also with an expectation that God's joyous homemaking presence is with us, is around us, is within us this week. Let's let this joy also be on our lips as we encounter people who don't know it or need reminding that joy is possible because God is with us. Joy is possible because God is with us. Let's let this home-making joy also be with us in our neighborhoods. That we practice hope and healing and hospitality of the Christ among us with our neighbors. That we bear witness to the coming of our Savior who has made his home with us. Will you all pray with me? Lord, we repeat this springing joy in our lives and in our hearts. We give you thanks for that goodness, for that um, grace, that joy comes to us, that you've come to be with us while we were not ready or not suitable, you have come to be with us and you want to remain with us and us to remain with you. Uh, we, we thank you for all of the abundant life and the overflowing joy that is around us, even in the darkness. And we give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen.